I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, quest. Hello and welcome. I am Vic Cohen, and it is always a fair question. That is correct. On this show, there is no question that is ever off limits. So I'm warning our guest. Now, your guest, my guest, our guest, is going to look very familiar to you. If you're watching, you're looking at him right now and saying, I know that man. He's currently the star of a huge Disney sitcom where he plays a dad of Liv and Maddie. I am talking about Benjamin King. What's up? How are you? I'm great. Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Uh, it's really exciting to have you. Thanks for and having me. For sure. And uh, we've known each other a while. Uh, it's have. been a slow build. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I hope this isn't the, the pinnacle. The I precipice. Hope there's more to come. No. Could be we, a precipice. It's, we, are, we are just, it, this is just continuing. I mean, this yeah. is a new plateau yeah. with many more to come. Yeah. We will be spooning by the end of this I can't wait. I want the outside. Off. I want the outside. Okay. So I get spooned? <laughs> yes. Nothing that is wrong correct. with a little cuddle. I agree. I'm always about cuddling. I could use a hug. I'm feeling very lonely these days. There's, I think there's someone who sells hugs on Craigslist, like, or cuddles. Sells like 15 minutes worth of cuddles. I, how much are you and, selling and them for? I don't know. What's a girl? I once went to a cuddle it, party. Come on. I swear no, to God. Didn't. I did. You did? Yeah. It was crazy. It was... Uh, really? I admit, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this is what goes on out here, Ben. Benjamin, wow. you've been... You're a married guy. How long have you been married? 10 years. Yeah. When you're a single guy in LA, you got to kind of, you know, get creative. Okay. I, I went to a cuddle party. Okay. Uh, it was me and a lot of, I don't know, lonely Cuddlers. people. Cuddlers. <laughs> I have to admit, they were lonely. And well, the sick thing not is... then. They weren't lonely no, then. No, for just that minute. No, but... um. The, the sick thing is, is like, as a guy, I'm like, well, you never know. I mean, this could turn into like a fallout orgy. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah, when I heard and, that. Uh, so I went there and I bought the sheerest pajamas <laughs> you could ever buy. You're gross. And they're rules. Like you can't, oh. you, you like, if you, if, and we should practice them here. Like okay. if you want to hug me, Benjamin, mm -hmm. you have to say, you can't just come over and hug me. You have to actually ask my permission. So it's almost like improv hugging. Well, also, yes, yes and it's and, also, or? yes, that's true, but we it's not always yes and, because okay. sometimes there might be a no. Okay. And also, it's, it enough. helps, it would help us and whoever does the cuddle party practice boundaries. Sure. So. Yeah. I'm all about boundaries. Yeah. Like, really all about boundaries. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> well, you're on the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> not but, now. Yeah. Not well, from 105 to 205 Pacific. But this cuddle thing. Um, hey, man. It, it was, you know, don't judge. Nope. Um. But it was really sad because I asked, I went up to, I was oh, cuddling no. with a woman. She said no. And no, she, she was cuddling me and it was great. And then another woman came over oh. to the woman I was cuddling. She cuddle blocked oh. me. <gasps> and she said to the girl that was cuddling me, she goes, excuse me to the girl. She goes, can you cuddle me and hold me like a little baby? What? And the woman said, yes. And I was and pushed off to the dissed. side. Yeah. And then I. Did you cuddle with other men? No. All right. <laughs> I did cuddle. Just I, I did ask another woman. I go. Would you like to? Would you like to cuddle? And she said no. And I was Boy, so pissed. Talk about instant, instant rejection. I know. So I was sitting wow. at the corner eating grapes the rest of the night. Okay. It was quite. You were a, cuddling with grapes. But this is the thing. I'll admit. I'm gonna end this whole cuddle story. All right, well, hey, I got really aroused. 
Okay, now I'm uncomfortable. And I had a lie on my stomach. Okay. <laughs> That's very... Too much information. Boy, we are really on the internet now. Disney! <laughs> I hope my bosses aren't watching this hey, show Hey, I'm responsible right for that. I'm responsible for me. You have okay. nothing... Good. Nothing uh, right. to say about that. You're, fault. you're a. It's a hostage situation. I, I am. I do. <laughs> That's I feel like a So let's talk about you. Okay. Now, um, this Disney show is yes. huge, isn't it? It is. It really is. Um, we, we, as of, I want to say May of 2015, it will be three years that I've been involved with this project, and it has been amazing. And it, so last night was it last night? No, no it was. It was two nights ago. Jeez. We went to the Queen Mary. Have you heard that there's this thing called chill okay. at the Queen Mary? No, and don't. it's awesome. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, it's right up against the Queen Mary. So the Queen Mary's docked. And then they've got this whole area where it's like an ice playground in LA. And it works. I don't know how, but it works. So there's a, there's a skating rink and there's uh, um, all sorts of slides. And, and then there's an indoor room. That's nine degrees. Nine degrees. So this is what, this is, uh, so, just, to, just to, uh, There is a point. Okay, there and also for all of you, the Queen Mary is a ship, in case you didn't know, and it's in Long Beach. Go right. on. Right. <laughs> and it was a signing event for our cast, and it was incredible. First of all, we wrapped our season two on Tuesday night. 45 episodes, is that right? I think so. That sounds about right. Uh-huh. And... We were met on Wednesday night with, I felt like hundreds and hundreds of smiles, smiling kids, just so happy to see us. And I was the first in, on a, like a table, like 10 times as long as this. What were you signing? Uh, Headshots and cast photos and uh, I think we signed like, there's always like a water bottle or two, like a. Some some kids came Forehead. up with, with Chris. I, oh, I signed a cast, and there was uh, some kid broke his arm, and I signed his cast. You know, mm. you've made it when you sign a cast, Vic. Oh yeah, that's For when sure. it's and <laughs> Christmas ornaments, and and it was it was just one of those things where you're like, wow. And I'm looking at my friends that I I work with. You know, we work in a studio. We work in a lot. We don't. We, we do have live audiences from time to time, but to see. These kids and the reactions that what they, 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 they were so excited to see me. Like, wow, me, really? Did me? anyone do ever? I, do you know what I do <laughs> with well, my life? Did anyone ever say, uh, you're like the dad I wish I had? Or I've heard things that. Like that. I've heard that. I think I said that, right? No. Um, <laughs> I'm sad. I love my dad. Have you? No. It's possible. <laughs> but you really are like the quintessential TV dad, right? I mean, I think that's why they hired me is because they liked the energy that I gave off as the, the, the audition that I think sold it uh, during the test, which is the last phase before an actor gets a TV show, something like this, is I was with a kid who was auditioning for the, uh, the part of my son in the show who ended up not getting it. And our, our, our great and talented Joey Bragg ended up with the role and he's amazing. But there was this incredible scene that was, it was really funny, but it was also really touching and really, Kind of, kind of sad. Like the kid was kind of, kind of dorky, and I'm trying to help him, and I we don't connect. And um, I'm all about sports. It was the ba- I'm the basketball coach, and it was just this moment. And I and I and I looked over at our casting director, and 
she she had tears just streaming down her face. I'm like, I think I'm going to get this part. Yeah. It was really one of those things. And, and when I read the script for this show, I laughed. I really laughed. And my agent said to me, he said, I know, I know we, were, we weren't talking about doing Disney Channel shows, but you got to check this one out. So let's just, for those who haven't seen the show, uh, in mm-hmm. a couple lines, what is the show about? Twin 16-year-old girls, uh, Liv and Maddie, who one is a... Liv is the... Liv is the, is, the, is the child star actress who comes back to Stevens Point, Wisconsin, after having four years of success on a hit television show from Hollywood. And Maddie is a superstar basketball player. So they're prodigies, basically. Mm-hmm. And there are two brothers, Joey and Parker, and uh, my TV wife, Kali Rosha, who's just absolutely hilarious, plays Karen, and I play Pete, the dad and the coach. And there you go. There's your family. There's the family. We, we, we spend a lot of time in school. We spend a lot of time at home. There's always one set per episode that is turned into a restaurant or turned into a you know, a, another gym or whatever it is, but it's great. I mean, I, I have never had a job that's lasted more than, a f- uh, you know, a few months. <clears throat> I mean, I don't think I've had a job that's lasted more than a month. That's not true. I did. I did one David Kelly series that I thought that well, was they, be it. there's a saying, never work with kids and animals. Why? Because they'll always upstage you. Oh, no, 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 no. And here's I'm just curious thing. how that works with you. Well, here's the thing. When you are 40-something, and you take a job on a Disney Channel series, it's understood <laughs> that yeah. you're going to be upstaged. And, and, and that's fine. I mean, you know, I'm really happy to work. I really love the people that I work with. I work with good, funny talent. We laugh all day. Mm-hmm. So, there's drama, you know, uh, but on the whole, I'm... You know, we, we look around and I was at the rap party on, was it Tuesday night? Well, the rap party is just for the season, not the show. Yeah, I mean, the series it, it was, it was, it was, it was for season two and we had people from Disney and we had our production company, Oops Donuts, and uh, we had It's a Laugh Productions, the Disney people, and then we had all of our people, the Beck and Hart people. John Beck and Ron Hart created the show. And I, I took a picture on my phone. I looked around the room and I just remember when we did the pilot in 2012, I, you know, it was just like a small group of people. You know, there were, you know, dozens of people, but it was maybe two dozen, three dozen people. It just felt, it just felt very intimate and small. And I was, remember looking around this room and saying, I, I know all these people. I work with all these people. I know what they all do. They work their asses off. They really do. And we put this together. And I just took a picture and I showed it to one of my fellow actors and just, who was on the pilot with me. You know, now we've got these recurring roles that come in and they're with us. They're part of our family. Recurring now. meaning they're in every well, fifth or tenth well, or twentieth episode. you know, we have some recurring roles who are in, recurring characters who are in, you know, 75% of our episodes almost. You know, it feels like they're just basically one of the family. And that's that's what happens well, on a television show. You've worked, um, <clears throat> looking at your credits, I was really blown away by the list. Because uh, I don't know if you've looked at the list. <laughs> I have. It's really good. I haven't in a while because um, I've been on this show for so long. Well, like, I'll just, for all of you, uh, Mike and Molly, Weed, Scrubs, CSI Miami, Six Feet Under, Judging Amy, Providence, Party of Five, ER, 
Third Rock from the Sun. I mean, those are like, you know, huge shows, both sitcoms and dramas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's an amazing amount of work. It, 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 when so, you look at it that way on a, on a screen, it's pretty, Well, you know, I'm a working actor. It's, 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 I'm, I'm, really, I'm really very fortunate. How does working on an adult show, when I say adult, mm-hmm. I'm meaning like the ones we just sure. went over, I sure. mentioned. Sure, How does that differ from being on a Disney show? They're swearing everywhere <laughs> on every set. Is that true? But, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> think about it. You know, adults who are, you know, their energy is, is being sucked out of them because they're working so hard. Things don't go right. What do you say? Not well, on a Disney show. You say darn show. it. Well, right. <laughs> you say darn it. <laughs> But I would say just initially, right off the bat, I mean, it's 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 very it's very very comfortable and very uh, you just are who you are. You kind of have to watch yourself a bit. On hey, was that me? Did I just no? Oh, okay. okay. Um, you have to watch yourself when you're on a Disney show. You know, there are kids. There, you know, I I directed an episode this season and it was incredible. I had a great time, but I learned a lot. I really learned a lot about the things that. I need to pay attention to as a director when I'm working with kids. It's different. Like it's different. What? Well, you know, I can't just call out a kid and say, you're not doing this. You should be doing that. You know, you should be doing that. Come on now. Let's just, let's, let's keep our focus. Like, you know, for a second or two and then just mm-hmm. get back into it. Not that I'm a jerk, but if I'm, if, if, if there's a whole bunch of things that are, I don't think there's a whole bunch of things that are going on. And, you know, you've, you've got an actor who may not be just maybe tired or may not be thinking. And I need to see how this is all going to look because we're going to be now showing it to the network later on in the day. I can't just do that. I have to, I have to pull them aside and, be, and, and say, listen, <laughs> you know, how you doing? You're doing great. Can you just give me a little more? I mean, there's, you know, there's ethics, there's, there's morals, there's a pattern that you just get used to when you're working on a show like this. And I have to tell you, at first, all the adults were like, oh, catching each other left and right, swearing, talking about things that you shouldn't be talking about. And now it's just, you know, very Family natural. friendly, even off on the, off the uh, you know, off yeah, camera. Yeah, I would say it becomes second nature. Now, it's really fam- well known and, and quite famous that uh, Robert Reed, you know, played, um, I think it was Robert Reed, right? The father on... Brady Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. He is notorious or was notorious for being very unhappy with the scripts. Really? Yeah. Feeling like they're silly. What a bummer. Uh, you know, kind of like he's almost above this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your feel about being a TV dad on a Disney show, especially after working on such heady shows? That's a great question. I think... Like I said, it, I understand what I'm getting what, I, what I'm getting on board with when I sign my contract, and I I love my character, and they really allowed me to be myself as I interpreted what they wrote. So our writers are so funny. I never have. I, I, I honestly I cannot remember having a problem with mm-hmm. a script where I was like. I can't do this or this is beneath me. Listen, I, I haven't acted on Broadway. I want to. I really do. I haven't, I, you know, I haven't done a play in 15 years. And that 
though that's a little sad because I do love it and I did love it. This is this is my life now. So I understand and I've been guest stars, as you can see, on tons of shows. And I know what it's like for a guest star to come in and then go. I get to stay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I do feel a sense of true gratefulness for being a part of it. That's yeah. not to say it's always perfect because it's not. And there are issues that come up. Uh, well, which, any job's going to have of course, challenges. Of course. Um, but overall, I'm no, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a um, Robert Reed in that sense. That, yeah. Is that his name, Robert Reed? I thought it was. Hey, Jeremy, can you check that out? Isn't it Robert, Robert Reed? Robert Wasn't Reed? he the guy that played? Sounds right. It feels like that was the Brady feels weird Bunch dad. It. I know it does. I haven't He's said Mike, it in so Mike long. Mike Brady. Yeah. But uh, I'm not that guy. I, and and uh, with this show. And, and, I, and I just... You know, if I did have a problem, if I, so it is, if I did have a problem with a script, I do feel that we could work something out. Like everything's on the table, you know, like if there was an issue that I had with something that I had to do, I could always talk to the director and say, listen, this isn't right. Or maybe that's happened actually on, you know, during rehearsals where I've had an issue with you know, something that I'm doing in a specific moment. This doesn't feel right. I should be over here, but certainly not. This is beneath me. This is definitely not beneath me. This is, this is right where I want to be. Truth, truthfully. I, I just had it. an audition for Nickelodeon show actually yesterday. Oh, good for you. And yeah, and it, I just, what I loved about the script was the broadness. Mm-hmm. You know, it was exactly what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's a different kind of, there's a different rhythm mm-hmm. and it's just a different language in a way. What do you mean by different? Well, I feel like um, it, it's the uh, the language is a little different as far as the storytelling. Um, it's a little less nuanced. Okay. And because so attainable for the yeah a story yeah like a lesson's being taught or something sure. much more uh, black and white. Sure. And um, and the comedy's a little more broader. You know, the well, jokes are yeah. often physical more and that's 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 sitcom. That's multi camera. I I would say okay. You know, versus the six feet under or the CSI. That's awesome. I thought it was a great time. Did you get uh, any feedback? It felt really good in the room. That's good. I mean, you never know. Right. right? Sure. Now, you have such a list of successes. (laughs) Like, we're looking at this and uh, so maybe there's 20 big shows there, right? Okay. Let's just say something like that. First of all, thank you for saying that. And I know there are many others. This I just pulled the highlights. Okay, sure. So this is by no means all you've ever done. <laughs> well, okay, thank you. But just That's to very, be clear, so when we look at this list, yes, well, how many how many auditions does this oh represent in total? I can't. Like for I mean, every job you book, how many times have you gone out? Roughly? I think I, I have to say that I think my ratio of audition to book is 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 pretty decent. And it, What's decent? And, and, one out well, of ten? I'll explain. One, yeah. Maybe one out of ten, and I'll explain. I I have an amazing agent who, who understands. Where? I'm your... represented by Innovative Artists and David Letterman, L E D E R M A N. Nice is my guy. My my agent's Flay Leno. Okay, so I know Rip. what. <laughs> I get it. I give that about a four. <laughs> hey, you, come I on, that's you, four you, out of four. Better than that. Hey, so. So, so they understand what I'm, first of all, they're not going to send me out for like the Brad Pitt role, obviously. Right. They're not going to send me in for the 400 pound guy. Um, 
However, they can, they say, you know what? You have enough character to you where you can pull this off. Try this. So what they do is they sort of weed out the roles that A, we wouldn't want to do, and B, I wouldn't be right for. And then they, then I get an email and I take a look at it and, you know, eight, nine times out of 10, I'd, I'd go out on it. So they, but they're very good about sending me out for the right roles. Don't you so feel guilty? That oh, that sounds great. Well, that relationship sounds really like it's working. Yeah. Uh, don't you feel guilty when an agent will send you a uh, audition? Mm-hmm. and say, you know, we think this would be great for you, and you turn it down. Because yeah, I think that, that I have an age, you know, it's very uncomfortable. It it's hard. Because it's like, they're excited sometimes. Hard, but you and then to... also, you, they're doing all this work, and then you're saying no. But here's the thing. But I rarely do that, but when it happens, it's uncomfortable. I th- first of all, I, th- I think the word no in this business is a very empowering word. And and there's many different situations where you could be put in a position where you would need to say no or yes. So when I was younger, it was very hard to say no. And a lot of the old time actors will say, no, 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 go out on everything, do everything. I'm not really that guy. So it comes down to... What does that mean? Well, I'm about to explain, about to explain, excuse me. My understanding of, of who I am, what I'm capable of, also what makes me happy. Now, as a 43-year-old, limits, helps me limit the number of mistakes that I could make by saying yes or drop. I got to tell you, there are very few things worse than being in a job, at a job, working where you're like, A, no one's going to see this. B, this sucks. C, I'm so uncomfortable. I hate this. And I'm not getting paid anything. So I can just, I just can say no. I can just, you know, and I, and I, and I will call my agent and we'll have a conversation. And say, well, we're not really serious about this. I'll say, you know what, Ben? I just, I thought I'd send it out to you. You take a listen, take a look, take a read, see what, see what you think. Well, and I am a big advocate of work begets work, you know? It, it, yeah, no, no, that, 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 but that's that doesn't just, mean that's, you do everything. That's the key. You, know? you can't, you can't expect to be happy and say yes to everything. I now, just think that's an impossibility. I agree. For me. Well, for me. Well, there's also a whole nother side of the no, which I'll just bring up. It's a little detour, yeah. but mm-hmm. I want to share it with let's, you. Let's do it. Uh, a very wise person said to me, if you want to know what kind of friend you have, and it could be even a business relationship, mm-hmm. say no. Because a true friend or someone truly working on your behalf really cares about you, respects no. Mm-hmm. It's the person who won't take a no, who pushes, and sh- it's they don't care really as much about you. That, it's that about sounds them. Like dead on, perfect. You know, and advice. Yeah, and you know what? It when you flip it or around, recognition. So it's me saying no, and then seeing what kind of friend I have or work relationship, and then it flips the other way. Mm-hmm. When they say no, I have to respect their no. Right. And not try to push them into a yes on what I want. Okay, so no, and you're talking about. I'm talking about. I both. think you're talking about it like a personal life. Both. Okay, because business, because they're, because you know, business is business, and right. and and personal life is personal life, and and yes, 
no, no is for me a, a different thing in in a in a in a personal world. No in business is different for well, me. Yeah, I mean, okay. it, be, well, because me, you know what some, these people work for me. I mean, you know that's, that's the true. truth of the matter. That's true, but I understand that. Well, that's that's true, and there are some people even in work. If you say no to, uh, the, if they don't have your interest entirely at stake, they might try and push and push and push. Okay. If someone's really working on my behalf, they would respect the no. There you go. That's that's yeah. I think where I'm that that's so, where I'm coming from. So though. when I say I have great representation, oh, I just kicked the camera. That's Did okay. I kill it. No, I have I have people who work with me who understand when I say no that I mean no. Yeah, and that's a great relationship. As a matter of fact, so you know, I, we were put up against that last year when uh, uh, you know we were faced with a, a little bit of a renegotiation going into this, which I won't really deeply get into, but going into the second season where I did say no and it, and it, and they understood there was a, there was a, there was a little hiccup that we worked out, but there was a moment where it was no. And they listen and that's great. Yeah. It's well, important. It's amazing how much and they probably bought by that. Well, by dealing when with I'm talking about, you know, a relationship with people who represent me and who are sending me out, they, if they understand you know, where I'm coming from. And they do at this point. I've been working with my manager, Scott Howard, and David for so long that they know exactly where I'm coming from. So now, what do you pay your agent? 10%? Yeah. It's a fair question. Fair you question. hesitated what was going on there. And that's a fair question. <laughs> no, I pay them 10%. I pay, of whatever I, you get. Now, what if well, you get something on your own that they had no part of? Well, I wouldn't do that. Okay, so... I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't book anything without that. Right. You guys are two peas in a pot when it comes to your work. Well, there's more than two peas. Now that's where to go. So they're 10%. <laughs> then you've got your manager. What's your manager taking out? 10. Really? 10. 10. Is that standard? Because I've heard up I to 20. I don't know. Okay. So I that's your arrangement. Yeah. So that's 20%. Do you right. have a lawyer that's on? I do. Is that a 5%? Yep. Okay. So you know you're 25. I'm yep. doing the math here. It's really complicated. Mm -hmm. Do you have a publicist or anything? I do at times. And okay. that's a flat rate. Business manager? It's not cheap. Yes, business manager. What percentage? 25? We're at... <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this. Five. 30%. No, it's not five. Uh, I pay my business manager... God, what do I pay my business manager? The point... Uh, I think it is 5%, actually. Okay. And, and, and then if... Because he does so much work for me, because I have... Um, I have kids, and we have, you know... So they're paying your bills, we've right? We've set up, we've set up, you know, trusts for them, you know... Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot going on. They, they are constantly, it's not like if it's quiet, my agent may not see stuff that's right for me. So they're not necessarily hourly working for me. My business manager, Harley Newman N -E is amazing. And he works his N-E-U-M-A-N. <laughs> Newman and Associates. Okay. They are amazing and they work all the time for me. So I actually feel like there are times where I should be paying them more. You're 30, looking up at the clock. I am. I want to see how we're doing. We're really flying through this. Twenty-seven minutes. So thirty. So that's thirty percent. So, and yes. then so like if let's say one were to make a hundred dollars in your situation, right? Now we're down to seventy, and that's before tax dollars. So I'm taxed at a hundred percent of what I so, make. <laughs> so no, no, I don't. They don't take a hundred percent, but right. 
So I'm incorporated. Right, before the 30%. Right. You're taxed at 100%. Right. No one cares about right. that. The government doesn't care That's about right. that. That's right. But all the money that I pay to tax these deductible. people is tax, tax right. deductible, yes. Okay, so the next question is, so... I can't... Why are we talking about it's this? It's interesting. Is it? Okay. It is. Jeremy, are you fascinated by this? It's a fair question. Yeah. <laughs> he looks... I it's like you. he just woke up. As far as someone who sorry looks to wake excited... You. Yeah, That's sorry to what wake I you. See. Yeah, I was just trying to wake him. You know, here. you know what? Because it's because the point Jeremy's is, awesome, a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't understand what goes on. You know, when an actor uh, does their thing. I mean, it's not just yeah. that I mean, face, you know, and it's a different actors, kind of world. But you know, for we example, a certain level. Louis C.K. doesn't even have an agent anymore. Ah. he just does his own stuff. Brilliant. He doesn't need an agent. Mm -hmm. I don't think. I actually am friends with his agent, with his old agent, who's really. Wonderful. And it feels like everyone could use that agent. But but, but the thing is, I mean, I'm sure he's you. a lawyer. But, but it insulates but he's you. So everyone knows who he is, Louis C.K. But an agent isn't just about negotiating the deal, in my thoughts. No, you're absolutely right. It's There's about a... insulating you from having to do be the bad guy to say no. Let me tell you what my yeah. agent does for me. Yeah. That I can't put a dollar sign on. Okay. Tuesday was the last day of shooting. And it's, it's Friday. That's three days ago. It's Friday, so it was three days ago. It's the holidays, busy time. I get a knock on my door, and it's my agent. He comes by to say hello and hang out with me. His now, wife he, threw him out of the house. He also happens to repre <laughs> represent Kali Rosha, okay. the wonderful and talented, who plays my wife. So, so Ooh, he's, he's good got negotiating a, he's got tactics. A he's that's got a, a good negotiating tactic. But that's the kind of thing that, excuse me, makes a huge difference. It really does. That he represents both. Well, just no, no, no. That he comes. Oh. <laughs> And wants to wants to visit, wants to visit, and and really is proud. Like I just open the door, he's got this huge smile on his face. He's so happy to see me, and it's genuine. And uh, it, you know, for me personally, I, I can't put a dollar sign on that. So the first thing you didn't think is, what do you want? No, <laughs> if that was the case, he, we wouldn't be working together. <laughs> what do you want? Why are you here? <laughs> did he what tell do you? you he's, want, Vic? Did he tell you? That's he a was fair coming? question. It is a fair question. That is a fair. What do you want? We'll talk about me later. Okay. This happens often. The, the tables it? get turned. Yeah, exactly. Let's flip it. Yeah. Um, sip of my water here. Well, that's great that you have that kind of relationship. How did you find this guy? I was with another agent who who was doing a, a pretty good job for me, actually. They, uh, I got a pilot. This was uh, 2004, I want to say, and... I the pilot didn't do didn't go anywhere, but the character that I played was, it was it was kind of crazy. He was like a kind of a frat guy who never grew out of himself. And my agent represented someone else. My now agent represented someone else. And I've always wanted to be an innovative artist client because mm -hmm. when I first started acting, a guy named Stephen Levy, who was an agent over at Innovative, tried to bring me in because he 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 sent me out on one audition and I ended up testing for it. It was for an mm -hmm. old TV network called the UPN. Do you remember that? Yeah, sure. Paramount mm -hmm. Network. Mm -hmm. And it was the first audition, well, actually the second audition I'd ever had. The first one I had was for a show called Saved by the Bell. And if you look at the 1991. very bottom of I that saw list. It. I okay. saw it. It says 1991. So that was the first audition I had. I booked that. And then I mean, it sounds like I'm sounding really cocky here, but that's the truth. And and the second you audition, you booked your very first audition, very first ever? audition. Where did you train? I mean, that's uh, pretty good. Well, well, let's get to that in a minute because you're not a natural. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. So anyway, <laughs> so obnoxious. So, I'm totally kidding. I don't kidding. even know what, what are we talking about. I don't even know what anymore. that means. That's a natural a fair question. No, you're talking about how you met the the right. So give me the headline because so, I got so I got Stephen Levy. 
sent me out on this United Paramount Network thing, and I almost booked that. And, and had I booked it, I would have been an innovative client then. But I just wasn't there quite yet. I was so green. I uh-huh. was so new. I was, I was young. I didn't know anything. And though Stephen really wanted me to be a client, there's a whole group of people that need to say yes. And they said no. So I had to to go out on my own and start to figure out how to get represented. I had a few agents before that. So now, cut to 2004, I'm doing this pilot and playing this crazy character. And my agent and another agent in the agency was there. And they saw me and they said, come on over if if, if it's something you want to do. I actually had a manager at the time and I said, I want to be an innovative client. Do they want to represent me? And and, and, and that's how it that's how it happened. Okay. Now, um, you're a star of a Disney show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a star. Well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm on it. I'm I mean, on do the you show. ever have to work again? I mean, are you what? done? It's this is a fair question. What are you talking about people. What see these? We see you on TV. We see you. Uh... The answer is yes. I okay. do. All right. Of course I do. All right. Of course. When this show ends, to be honest. Yes. Be honest. I. I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm just going to walk into jobs and they're going to happen for me. I really don't. I, I think I'm going to have to go out and win jobs, which I am totally fine doing. I like auditioning. I really do. Well, let's talk about that no because problem with I it. am very curious about something. You're curious about a lot. You got yeah, I am. But you've got you have like um, an incredible ratio to me. Uh, of work, I mean, to audition. Thanks, and what is going on in that audition room? I want you to give me three do's and three don'ts when it comes to auditioning. Wow. Really? Yep. Hmm. Well, three don'ts. Let's start with. Okay. Uh, don't come in unprepared. Don't come in say, you know, it's just better for me to kind of like not know the material so well so that I can... It'll feel natural. What does preparing mean to you? Well, let me answer your question first. Okay. Back to it. So that's one don't. Another don't is don't dress inappropriately. If you're supposed to be a businessman, don't come in in shorts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number three, look look good. You know what I mean? Or look or 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 shower or take care of it. You know what I mean? Like don't Don't come in. Don't come in. Don't come in and offend. The people that you're reading for. Don't come in with a barrel of cologne on or don't, you know what I mean? Right. You want to be. Look like your picture. You want to be inert when you leave. You want to give them what they want and leave and not have them just totally thrown. Okay. So the do's are prepare and preparing to answer your question means know your lines. People say, do you know your lines? I know all my lines when I go into an audition. You have them memorized off paper. I do it. I do it every time. Now that's not to say that in in a given audition, I'm not, you know, perfect because that, I I can forget that that happens, but I work my tail off. I work my tail off. Is it easy for you to memorize lines? It's, it's. And what tricks do you use? It's part of this muscle that I have that I use so often, it's it's gotten a little harder, I have to say, as I've gotten a little older. Um, especially on a show every week, and we're doing these run-throughs, and I'm holding the page, and I'm like, what are we doing? There's so many changes every night to our script. And uh, although not with my character, I, they tend to leave my stuff alone, because I'm usually down. I call myself the C-Story guy. <laughs> Come on down to the C-Story and hang out with Pete. 
<laughs> so see meaning um, it's not the main story of the episode. Someone's taking a picture. <laughs> so uh, back to memorizing. Yeah, I, I write down. This is my this is my trick. Yeah, to everybody. please. I write down every word I have to say. And something someone told me this in, in college, and it's part of Sandy Sanford Meisner is my guy. He's the he's the guy taught acting many years ago. He wasn't, he wasn't actor studio. He wasn't Stella Adler. He wasn't the method. He, he was just be real, know your stuff, respond, look the person in the eye. So when I'm reading with the casting assistant, I'm having a conversation with him, right? Whatever the situation is, I'm a gas station attendant and the guy wants me to change his tire, but he doesn't have any money. Well, screw you, dude. What are you doing? No, pay me. Whatever it is, I'm having a conversation with that person. So when other people in the room see that I'm actually engaging in a listening and responding conversation, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Not because it's me, but because it's a life moment. And that's what we do. We we recreate. Mm -hmm. So if you're like pretending and if you're doing like a kind of a stupid voice and... You're like, I got a gag, like, you know, you can do the splits or, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, it it may work one out of a hundred, but what the casting directors and the producers that I believe want to see is, can this guy be that guy? That guy that we need. Mm -hmm. The, the, The guy that I played in CSI Miami, where I was a closeted homosexual who, uh, spends a night with a valet while he's married and the valet says to him, give me 500 bucks or your wife's going to find out about you. And then I end up killing him. Can I do that? Sounds like a fun role. Sure. It was great. David Crusoe scared the hell out of me, but it was great. God, that guy's scary. In what way? He really is scary. In what way? Well, he's extremely intense. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And, and he just, he just like, you know, people like that just generate frightened people. And I was, was in this suit. This is the stupidest thing. I was in this suit and I was eating a breakfast burrito. It was a, just a, it was beautiful. In the it scene? Was, no, this is, I was <laughs> in my trailer. It was, it was before we were rehearsing. And I had my suit. And I was so stupid. And I took a bite of this breakfast burrito and it just went, pew, and it shot out just hot oil right on my lapel and I'm about to go rehearse with David Caruso. And they say never who, eat by in the way, clothes, right? If your phone rings and you're in a scene with David Caruso, he will pick up the, the phone and throw it as far as he can into a person. <laughs> like I've heard stories where he'll just like, David, if you're watching this, I'm free for the next three months. <laughs> the thing I don't get about David is he was starring in, what was the first, he, he uh, like walked NYPD away. NYPD Blue. He right? like walked and, and away. And, no, he was a he, he was the classic. He wanted to be a movie star. And what? And it didn't that's really crazy. I think. Yeah, I guess. But and they gave him another shot. Into. I know. He walked back into CSI Miami, which was bigger than NYPD Blue. CSI Miami, when I did it, was the most watched show in the entire world. That was crazy. I don't know what it is about him. Is he? I don't know. I mean, I mean is he that good he an actor? Take off glasses. He must be a great actor. Right way. Um, or he's got pictures listen, you know what? of everyone He knows naked. what he's doing, and he knows who he is. And he and he who can, is he? I don't know, but he's <laughs> he he can do all the stuff that he does brilliantly. He is a very talented so actor. So he scared you. 
scared the hell out of me. Because him. he was so good? No, but be, because I mean, we were talking. He was actually nice to me, but I guess all the stories leading into it scared me. I was rehearsing with him. We were doing our back and forth where he was interrogating me, but we were standing outside of his like block long trailer. And and we're we're in the middle of a discussion. He goes, "Did you see that right behind you?" I said, "I looked at my pages. I'm like, what the hell? Is this some sort of like a crazy? What is this?" And I said, "No." He's like, "Sir, sir, turn around right now." I was like, "Okay." I turn around, and there was a very beautiful extra walking by. He wanted he wanted me to check out the girl. So yeah. I checked out the girl. Yeah, you do. What Sorry, you're honey. <laughs> Laura, the love of my life. That's your wife. Is at home Not right the now. one he was pointing to. But right. Don't we have other stuff you want to get to? We got fifteen minutes. Oh, you're a I'm man. So interesting. You There's were so doing what David me. asked you to do. That yeah, was part I of your get, job. Did I answer all the three yeses and three noes? Yeah, you okay, did. Okay, Good. All right. Um, Let's talk about other fun stuff. I want to know. I know that um, now I'm directing the interview. We have, and I'm ignoring <laughs> you. <laughs> I know you are, <laughs> son of a bitch. But I am moving on. Okay. Um, we share something in common we in that we've had some health challenges. Yes. And that's I want to met. Yeah, met. exactly. And I want to talk about that. Um, I don't want to leave that aside. It's an important story. Yeah, it's it's so huge. It's now, really huge. I, you know, you have we both have something called IBD. Yes. Which is intestinal bowel inflammatory bowel disease. You should know what your disease Isn't is. Isn't that good? Dude. That's how little I want to think about it. <laughs> Inflammatory bowel disease. You know, as I was not saying, irritable bowel syndrome. I, as I was saying, I'm like, that doesn't sound, sound like right. a jerk right now. Don't yeah. I? Yeah. That's Correcting okay. you on your own show. No, the truth Fair is I, I did get it wrong. And I, as I was saying it, I'm like, that doesn't feel right. That's why I'm here, ma'am. Thank you. Irritable bowel. Nope. In, intestinal. Inflamed. See, inflamed. I, you know what? I think that, I think I have a block. I, I would say that you're, uh, you're, Probably onto something. Seriously, when you say that. no, I, I don't. I think doubt there's it. a mental psychological thing because I, I have doubt it. I have Crohn's disease. Mm -hmm. You so have do I. you have Crohn's. You yes. started with colitis yep. and then you graduated to the cool disease. <sighs> what a pain! Now there are two uh, for In those. We won't get too into the specifics, but we can. I by mean, the as way. far honestly, as like, honestly, I, God, I don't care. But I mean, the we idea don't, is, we don't much time, I don't but. get too. It can get a little like dry. But the point is, is that unless you've got the runs, so uh, yeah, which we which you can dry. <laughs> IBD, are, there are just two things that okay, that sure. are on the umbrella of IBD. Yes. And one is colitis yes. or ulcerative colitis, a yes. form of colitis where there's actually bleeding that goes on, not very Correct. pretty. And then there's also Crohn's disease. Yes. And really the large intestine is where colitis is usually seen. Crohn's disease is more in the small intestine, although it could appear anywhere in the intestinal tract. That's right. With from the mouth areas. to the other end. Right. So, um, mouth to the tush. Yes. Now, when did you find out you had colitis? And I, when we first met, it was a secret. I was told do That's not right. talk. That's right. Out of because we met in a yes. private kind of situation. Yes, yes, yes. So um, we met in, through support. Yes, actually support groups, which I'm um, very involved in. It's IBDSF Inflammatory Bowel Support Foundation org, and I did not disclose that I had ulcerative colitis. I had just had my colon removed, and I was. Very, very sick. When were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed when I was with proctitis, which is just the very end of the colon, when I was 15. Didn't really have, I, I was bleeding. Symptoms? Yeah. I was bleeding, just bleeding. Where thought were you I, living? I thought I was dying. What? Where were you living? In Beverly Hills. So, okay, so. Yes, people's butts bleed in Beverly Hills. People. <laughs> I'm sure they. <laughs> From time to time, it happens. Well, so, um, 
they I was given some Los easy Angeles. medication and it was really not a problem until my mid 20s and I felt the wrath. Hold on one sec. I want to just stop right there. Sure. When you found out at 15, you had this thing you'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts and how were you dealing with you know, those thoughts? I, it's interesting. I think, I think I may have a block about that because I don't really remember having much of a response other than I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> My response, I was 17. Oh, I was amazing. living in Chicago. My mom had told me we had just gotten the test results. We were eating at the Bagel restaurant, which was not the current location in Old Orchard for us. You know, but it was in, uh, I think, like Dempster or something. Um, She said, you know, we have Crohn's disease. And I just remember the only thing I cared about was, am I going to die from it? You know, and it was like, no, it's just something you have forever. I probably asked that question too. Yeah, because I, cause for me, another name for Crohn's is terminal ileitis. When you hear terminal, that sounds right. really bad. Right. It's but it's not terminal, it's just the end. Right. Yeah. So uh, you didn't, you can't really remember your feelings at 15. Then you I mean, get, it comes really. back in your early 20s with symptoms that are intense. Boy, oh boy. Okay, now. I was in so much pain. Were you I was in college? so much blood. No, I was out of college. I had just come back from a trip to Las Vegas with my friends and I had been drinking all weekend and, you know, staying up late and. But my drink of choice was a, a drink called the Greyhound. It's a Greyhound. It's got grapefruit juice and vodka. And grapefruit juice is the worst thing for your stomach. Because it's acidic? It's just, you might as well just swallow sandpaper. Uh, so I didn't know that. I didn't either. Um, but I was having debilitating, debilitating pain. And I was hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging. What, when you say hemorrhaging, I would, my, my toilet bowl was bright red. Just, just only blood was coming out of me, and it was hurt. It just hurt so much. I, that I just, sounds like oh, it's the worst. Horrifying, actually. I honestly, I've had two back surgeries, and I think that's related to, to Crohn's, like because you can get joint stuff. Yeah, I really do. I've had that. I really do. Crohn, uh, really, uh, not back stuff, but, but back issues. Uh, or spine not back, stuff. but joint issues. Joint, right? Yeah, I, I learned that all later. Yeah. I didn't, I connected the dots after one. So you broke. said you're, you're 20, how old? I was 20, I was 24. I was Are you acting? Are you in your acting Yeah, career? yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I, thank God I was acting because Screen Actors Guild Insurance just helped me. I was So in you were hospital. doing well quickly with your acting. Yeah. Well, I, I started doing, uh, what's not on there is, is my, I, I've probably done, I don't know, 70, 75 commercials. I mean, I've done a just a ton of commercials Mm -hmm. and thank God for that because that allowed me to reach the SAG, the number one plan, whatever that is. And every year and I, for life, no, no, no. You have to keep do. You have to okay. keep reaching that minimum. I think it's like thirty five grand. Or and something like that. SAG is the Screen Actors Guild. Yes. If you weren't sure, the Actors Union. One so, of two, or well, actually, after SAG, same thing. SAG after. Okay, go on. Yeah, but they haven't got the insurance figured out. I know. So I'm now on an after show, so I get after insurance good. now. I don't know if it's good. I haven't, it is good. Is I it? Yeah. Is it? I okay. like it a lot. All right. That so makes me feel better. So were you rushed nervous. to the hospital by an ambulance or? <laughs> Jesus. No, not an ambulance. My mom took me. Um, Did she go, wee, um, wee. No. That would have been a fun thing for mom to do. No, she was, she was. Scared she shitless? Was, she was scared. My yeah. mom was scared. Where'd you go? Cedars? For me. Cedars. Cedars Emergency Sinai. room. Emergency room. Um, and then I don't even God, I don't even remember the emergency room. I just remember just 
just being there for three weeks and feeling like I was dying, really. And I lost, I think at that time, I lost like 40 pounds. Oh, my God. But then I got better. Okay. How'd you get better? I got better through a medicine that they give to transplantation patients. I thought you were going to say transsexuals for a second. Yeah, well, that's (laughs) how your brain works. I'm not going to ask, even though that's a fair question. I don't even think transsexuals is a politically (laughs) correct term anymore. All right, go on. Okay, so... (laughs) So I, it's a drug called cyclosporin. And so if you get a new liver, your body is going to want to try to reject it. That's uh-huh. just a natural response. So we have, we have this autoimmune, that's what this is. It's an autoimmune disease where our body sends out its soldiers in the form of white blood cells to various areas of our intestines because it thinks there's invaders. This is how it was explained to me. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And for some reason... This happens. We don't know why. We're close, but we don't know why. So I was given this medicine called cyclosporin, which basically tells the immune system to stop. Just take a break. Stop. If it, if it works. It's very dangerous medicine. And it works. And I'll never forget, ever as long as I live, rushing to the bathroom and feeling like I was going to have another bout with just, 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 Horrible, bloody experience. But I passed gas. And it was just gas. And it sounds like the silliest, stupidest little thing, but it was like, it was like the heavens opened up. Because you weren't passing gas? It was just blood? If I did, it was was bleeding. You know, it's really really kind of gross. But that's the truth. My body language is like... <laughs> no, I know. You look You look just like bleeding seriously is uncomfortable. Well, no, no I mean, listen, it's, 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 a, it's a very real thing. And... You know, I would really like the conversation. So you said that when we first met, I told you or asked you not to tell yeah. anybody. So now here I am on this show. Wait, 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 wait one more thing. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, I know go we ahead. have, we have five minutes. Go I ahead. Know, but I just want to know, in just headline form, go what ahead. happened medically? Just, just, to now? Yeah. Okay. That's that's a fair question. Yeah. That's a very fair question. It's important. Yeah, I, I I got a little ahead of myself there. Thank you for redirecting me. So I take the the cyclosporin and it it just starts working and I go home and I sort of redesign my life a little bit. Get married eventually. Get married. Children, two gorgeous two girls. Amazing girls. My wife is just um, she just takes wonderful care of me. She understands me. She accepts me and all my flaws. You were in remission when you met her. I was in remission when I met her, but I was taking various herbs and supplements and stuff. And I was, I was, it was a sort of a little teeter totter, but I was mostly okay. Okay. Then in 2008, the end of 2008, I had, I got very sick again and I started taking prednisone, which is a steroid, which sort of does the same thing, tells the immune system to take it, take it easy. And that worked. But then I got sick again a few months later and I just felt, I just like, you know what? That's not right. It just, like, it didn't go away. I knew it. And I talked to my doctor and, and it just kept getting worse. He put me back on prednisone and he said, okay, go to the hospital. Um, they're going to be waiting for you. And I remember sitting on the, the bench at the foot of my bed with my wife. This sounds so dramatic all of a sudden. Gosh. But I, I was crying. I said, I, honey, I think I'm going to lose my colon. I don't, I, I, she's like, it's okay, you know, they're going to figure it out. And 
I ended up losing my colon. Basically, what had happened was my colon was about to perforate. I mean, it was so swollen and there were so many uh, pockmarks and ulcers and little tears. And I saw my colon in pathology when I checked out of the hospital. And I was had to wear an ileostomy bag for a little bit. And the, I, when I asked them, I was like, I was sure they were going to say, you can't see your colon. You're not allowed to see your colon. But I'm thinking, it's mine. I want to see is, it. Yes. I want to see what's up. Yeah. I took pictures of it. So that I knew if there was ever any doubt in my mind as to whether or not I should have had my colon taken out, I made the right, right. choice. Mm-hmm. And I did. And um, I started to get better afterwards. And But I didn't get really better. I never got, I got it re- reconnected. They built a J pouch, which means I didn't have to wear an external pouch. You look at me, you don't, you know, you see it sort of reconnected, a, meaning you had a thing that the stool would go yeah. into externally. It was a that's bag right. that's attaches to the side of the yes. body, like latex, like yes. the lip of a Tupperware piece. Right. It sticks to your and belly and then your it collects your, your stool. Is, right. And then that was horrible. reversed. That was reversed. And then I started going to the bathroom naturally, which was great. I mean, it was really, it was like, it was, it was a party. I think my whole family, they were like pouring champagne and having and you have pictures of that too. <laughs> <laughs> I have too many pictures. So, you do, so bottom line is, then you then it turns out you're not feeling better. So I was I, not feeling better. I, I mean, I was feeling better. I wasn't. I was no longer bleeding, um, but I never felt right. I had a very hard time uh, just going out and being in public and being away from my room, which I still have. But I was re-diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and Crohn's disease is a chronic, lifelong, which is what disease, I have, which is what you have. So now. We are brothers in we the are. Crohn's-ness. Now, um, why the big secret? Because. Um, and why go public? The, I'm, I'm going to tell you. So, m- fair question. So, my thinking was, I didn't know it would happen so fast, but my thinking was, I'm going to wait. I'm going to get hired and be on a television show. And then I'm going to disclose when the time is right. And I don't want any producer to say, okay, actor A, actor B. Actor A is great. Actor B is great. Actor A is healthy. Actor B has Crohn's. Let's go with actor A, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they can say that to themselves. Yeah. I, I mean, They're no one's going to know. Right. Whatever they want. So now that I'm on a show, the more important thing for me is to try to help. Really to try to help. And I'm in a position where there are millions of children who are watching me and I've already gotten feedback. A lot of those kids or handfuls of those kids are sick with with what we have because this is a disease that is diagnosed from birth to death. There is no any time in between. We have peak areas in our teens and I think in our 30s. And But I have a six-year-old or had a six-year-old cousin, she's now probably 10 or 11, who had her colon taken out. Mm, And... You know, so when my whole plan kind of came to fruition, it was it was amazing. I didn't. So why are you not worried about not getting work now? Because it's secondary to helping people. So you and, and I also and I also think that this is becoming um, it's 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 too big and too important of, of of a thing to 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 shy away from and to not even if it utilize. costs you a job, maybe if it does, I don't want to know about it. Any producer out there, if you don't want to hire me because I'm sick, just just don't tell me. And the truth is, you're not sick. You're, work. you're working on a major yeah. show, and I'm working. And I haven't missed a day of work. I directed an episode. I have energy when I need it. And everyone has something. That's what I believe. 
That is the truth. Yeah. That is the truth. Um, well, you're, I, I think you're doing an amazing service by Thank sharing you. that. And I get Thanks, that. brother. Yeah, and I, don't, I have not um, often talked much about my Crohn's for the same reasons. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want people to think of me as a sick person. No, and it's really also not. very, very personal and very private, and it's, it involves an, an an area and region of our body that we don't generally like to talk about. So there's that too, right? And you know, I don't like walking by people and thinking he's got a he's got a whole situation over there, down there. You know, huh. <laughs> that never bothers me. All right. <laughs> well, uh, finally, we have to wrap it up. I yeah. am curious. Wow. Um, how has having IBD, the colitis, and then the Crohn's, how has it made you a better artist? It is impossible to have a disease like this and not be in touch with yourself. I, For me, I'm sure there are people who have what mechanisms to blocking it out. I don't. I understand exactly what I need, and um, I've been forced into this situation where I have to become very aware of how I'm feeling. And for an actor, that's where it all begins and ends really, is understanding what you are, how you feel, what you're capable of, and what you're in touch with. And even though it's the physical, it does really wrap itself around my energy and my mental state of being and, and that's what an actor is an actor is a physical being it's a mental being it's a it's all this sounds so crazy but it's it's really you know there it's, it's a big part of of why i get work hopefully is because i'm in touch with who i am and what i'm capable of you think it makes you a better artist well you said why does it make you a better artist? that's true so but I do you think you agree with me that that that, that i don't assumption. know i don't know i i do know that i'm more in touch with what i'm what I've got going on in, in my in my body just by virtue of having had this disease. So maybe that maybe that does help. What is the um, headline message to young people or anyone? You will get through it. You will get through it. And pay attention to your body. Don't deny it. Because if you deny that you have this, you're going to get yourself in a situation that's going to really suck. And you're not going to be able to get yourself better. Eat, eat more easily. So... Pay attention to your body. Understand when you're not feeling well. Talk to your doctor. Respect your own boundaries. Who to tell, who not to tell. There are certain kids at your school that you know you shouldn't probably tell this to because they could maybe treat you differently and they could maybe be mean or, or, or whatever. But there's also friends and you know that you can talk to those people about it. Right. And that's why we're friends, right? Mm -hmm. Me and you. Yeah. Because... We met in a situation where we start, we're talking about our, like the most real thing of our lives, which is our health. You yeah. Know? And the vulnerability around it. Um, sure. I, I would say my experience also, my message would be um, that whoever you are and whatever you have, whether it's Crohn's or colitis or any other challenges to not let it stop. Yeah. That to go for your dreams. That's right. And let other people say no, but don't your health. Everyone's got something, as I said yeah. before, but go my, for it. Never dream, look back in life and feel like you couldn't have gone for it because of this. Absolutely. My, my whole thing was that I wanted mom to come to little Billy or Susie's room and say, look, look who's got what you have and look what he's doing. Sorry. Look what he's doing with his life. 
So can you. You can do yeah. whatever you want. Yes, you can. That's it. Thank you. I'm so happy you came it's here, Benjamin. Pleasure, it was great having you. And uh, continued Thanks. success with the Disney show thank and you. everything else you pursue. Thank you so much. And uh, thank all of you for joining us here on Thank Vic you. Cohen. Thanks, Jeremy. It's a fair question. Thanks, Jeremy. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question.